God, glory to your name, Lord, glory to your name. We need all the help we can get today. And we know where our help comes from. Glory to God. Come with us now to the New Testament, the letter of Paul to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians. When Paul was writing this letter to the Ephesians, we need to know that he was suffering in prison at the time. Because during suffering, we need to know that God is still working. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Ephesians 3, verses 1 through 12. If you're able, we ask that you stand out of reverence for God's holy word. And listen now for the word of the Lord. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you. And how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. You see, in former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have come Fellow heirs, they have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. And although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ Jesus, and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord uh, wherever you are. 
Won't you pray with and for me now? Oh, Lord, as I come, I ask that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Our sermon topic for today is the church to the rescue. The church to the rescue. Beloved, these are some grieving times. These are times filled with sorrow and tears, anger and fear. But let me say this. In times like these, we need a savior. We need the church of Jesus Christ to come to the rescue. We live in a world today that is somewhat tainted. <laughs> a world that lifts up and encourages us to focus on ourselves and not God. When we have taken prayer out of our schools, when we have no fear of God, when, when church attendance is dwindling, a time when we as a nation seem to have put God on the back burner, please make notice that at this same time, simultaneously, as we take God out, the devil prowls around and does what he does. People are suffering today. People are hurting. They're hurting. They're hurting. They're longing. They're sick. Many are even demonized. People are needy today, and people are lost. Many today are replacing hope with fear, replacing faith with anxiety. But we, the church, we must keep hope in God and faith in God alive. And so God is sending his church 
I said, his, his church, I know we want to talk about what the government ought to do. Oh, that, they, they need to do their part. I know we need to think laws change hearts, but that's not what happens. I know we look to everything, everybody except the church. But it's the church today that can rescue us out of this pain. And so our scripture begins says, for this reason, I, Paul, am the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. We're going to work with this. In other words, Paul has an epiphany, a, a light bulb moment. Paul, Pastor Paul realizes something. He realizes something. He, he hears the answer to something that has been hidden from him, Paul has been given a divine revelation. Oh, we talk about knowledge all the time. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. There ought to be some people in this country, in this world, respected for their revelation knowledge. Paul now understands that, that he is given a purpose in life from God. God said, I have a plan for you. And so we, we come to this scripture to listen. Paul has given a divine revelation, and he now understands his God-given purpose in life. People are running around today doing all kinds of unthinkable things. Simply because nobody stopped to tell them, God has plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. The mystery question we ought to ask ourselves today, especially those of us who love God and are in the church, is why am I here? Why am I here? Because God reveals and unravels the mystery of life for Pastor Paul and all Christians in this very lesson. Do you, do you know your God-given purpose in life, child of God? My dear ones, I find it interesting that the preacher would start off saying, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ, a prophet, a preacher, called out and set apart to obey Jesus Christ. And all of this has happened to me because of you Gentiles. Mm. And he continues in verse 2. You've heard, of course, about the responsibility to distribute, to pass out God's grace, which God gave me. For you, right? Yeah, for you. In other words, Paul is saying, all that I am as a child of God has more to do with you Gentiles than with me. Oh, it ain't all about me. It ain't all about me. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's all about God. He said, not for himself but for the Gentiles. 
Now, we're going to talk about how the Gentiles are being treated in this day and time because the Gentiles were the people who were left out of the church. You can't tell me that leaving people out won't hurt the whole nation. Oh, glory to God. Because the people doing all of these horrible things in America, I bet, are not churched people. All that I am as a child of God, Paul says, had to do more with you who are left out than with me. If it, it, It's not about me. It's all about you. Not for himself, but for the Gentiles. And this is the mystery of the church. You see, the church is not for us in it. Oh, glory to God. Hear me in here. As much as it is for those we have left out. Understand that, understand that. So let's talk about who were the Gentiles. The Gentiles, and that they were the people who were looked down upon by the traditional church people of that day. You see, the Orthodox Jews in Paul's day considered the Gentiles no less, less than a dog. <laughs> That's what they used to say about those ancestors of ours who were kings, queens, and all kinds of phenomenal things, the strongest people Africa could produce. And they said that we were less than a dog. The Gentiles were often referred to as dogs. The Gentiles had not been instructed in the way of God. See, you can't expect people who the church hasn't introduced God to to act like they know God. Help me up in here, somebody. People are fragile. You can't allow people to run around and not know God and expect them to act like a saint. You can't mistreat children and then expect them to act like they have good sense. Humans are fragile. The Gentiles, they had never been to church. Sad to say, but in these many years of my pastorate, I've met many people, especially young people, who've never been inside of a church. Mm, that's tragic. They were the generation. The Gentiles has not had the advantages of church people. We have the Holy Ghost advantage. People who are not church don't know anything about that. They were the generation who, like many today, raised themselves because it takes a village. And the co village collapsed with integration. It takes a village. You see, the Gentiles were just common folk who were walking through life without knowing Jesus. Oh, my God, in America today, even folk who we don't think are common folk don't know Jesus. 
Even today, well-educated people with all kinds of degrees behind their name don't know Jesus. Even very wealthy people, billionaires, <laughs> don't know Jesus. If they did, more folk would be fed and more folk would be off the street. Oh, my God. Sounds just like recent years in our own society. This didn't happen yesterday. We've been leaving people out for the last 50 years. <laughs> Consistently leaving people out. And so now we get to reap what we sowed. Paul says that all the things he had gone through were not about him, but about others. The saddest thing I've seen is little cliques and families and churches today who call that the church. <laughs> don't let people in. Some of them don't even like each other. Praise God. You know, church, we have a lot of people today who are just wandering. They just, they wandering. They just wandering around in the world looking for a savior in all the wrong places. All cause the dope places open their doors to everybody. The clubs open their doors to everybody. Oh, it's been a difficult time for me as a pastor to even realize and have godly sorrow for what the church has not done in this country. There are a lot of people today who just need to have somebody. Oh, Lord God. Somebody who understands where they are, where they come from, what they've been through. We've gone through what we have gone through. Church people, child of God, we've gone through what we've gone through so that we can be blessings to somebody else who's going through the same thing. You know, feelings are universal. I might be feeling despair from something that would not make you feel despair. But if you ever felt despair about any circumstance, if you've ever felt despair, don't start talking about what what you did and what they did and they ought not to have despair because you wouldn't have despair. Listen, despair is despair. Hurt is hurt. Pain is pain. Suffering is suffering. And we all have felt those feelings from one time or another. As Paul said to his congregation, he said, surely, you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me 
for you. That's the mystery, he says. Made known to him. Pastor Paul said, God's grace is not just for me. And he gave it to me so that I could give it to you. Why would Paul say that? Well, because Paul had a background. <laughs> oh, good God Almighty. Don't come up in here looking all cute and everything. Act like you better than those who are left out. We all have a background, don't we? Oh, it may not be bad as others, but it certainly wasn't perfect because we are not perfect human beings. Uh, sin is sin. Don't make somebody else's sin sin, and what you did just a mistake. Sin is sin. Paul had a past. You see, before he was saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, Mr. Paul had tortured, persecuted, and killed Christians. Mm -hmm. And still, God saved him and then called him to preach. Mm. Don't talk about nobody. Some of us have such egos and so often to ourselves that God couldn't call us to do much of anything. Mr. Paul had killed Christians and still God called him to preach. In verse 7, Paul says, of this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, Paul says, I have become a servant, a preacher, the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of God's Power. I'm telling you, you got to be in a place where you so down and out that it's nowhere to go but up. Paul knew about it. In other words, Pastor Paul is admitting that he had done some horrible things in his life. But, but by the grace of God, the undeserved love, the unmerited love, the unconventional love of God, God called him anyway. I watch people in the church stop speaking to each other and don't like each other and get mad at each other. That is so ridiculous. Leave people out for something they did. God lets you in, then anybody can come in. Somebody help me up in here. I've told you before, the preacher said, if there was a machine out there that would buzz every time somebody passed by, uh, and it would buzz if they had been sinful, oh, that machine would just tear itself up, like going through the airport. <laughs> oh, sometimes. Sometimes we must admit who we were so that we can rejoice in who we have become. Oh, God, thank you. I'm not who I used to be. By the grace of God, Paul knew about God's grace for himself, and so he had a story to tell to the nation. Oh, glory to God. Don't you have a story to tell about the grace of God? 
Well, somebody out there needs to hear your story. Somebody in the street needs to be exposed to your testimony. You know, I was at a church in Compton 20 years, and let me tell you what. I love walking the streets, and so I'm going to just say this. I couldn't find a Christian. When I was in Harlem, I, I couldn't find a Christian who wanted to walk the streets with me. When I was in Compton, couldn't find a Christian that wanted to walk the streets. That thing was, you don't need to be walking the streets, Pastor. Something could happen to you. But as a pastor, I know people were messing with me in the church. Why wouldn't I go to the street? At least those people have an excuse. At least they don't know no better. Oh, somebody needs to hear our story. One of my favorite songs says it. Amazing grace has always been my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why a perfect God came to love me so. I think he looked beyond my faults. And he saw my needs. Every time I saw a young person with their pants hanging all down, I knew, I knew to look beyond their faults and see their needs. Every time a young girl would come in with a skirt all the way up there, I knew to look beyond her faults and see her needs. Everybody, every human being on the face of the earth needs Jesus. All people need Jesus. And so Pastor Paul says, the grace of God was a mystery to me until until God allowed my life to get so bad that only God's grace could have saved me. Grace. Grace is God's undeserving love. Beloved, undeserving. God does not have to love us. He's God. In fact, God is the one who just is getting really, really upset with what's going on in America today, especially with his church. He's the one that doesn't play. God is the one who said, I wish I had never created you before he ended the world with a flood. And the Bible says, so don't grieve the Holy Spirit. America today is grieving the Holy Spirit. God's grace is something that you must need and receive for yourself before you can give it to anybody else. We first have to realize who we are and where we were and where we are today and look at somebody else and say, if God could do it for me, good God Almighty, that same God can do it for you. I come to you no matter how you are in the love of God that is within me. I love you because God loves you too. Oh. 
the news of the boundless riches of Jesus Christ will make you see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. The church today. We need the church to the rescue. And so, my dearly beloved, the most important thing for the church of Jesus Christ to understand is that the church is for everyone. This lesson is about an apostle, a preacher, a teacher who knew that his mission was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles into the church together. Two groups of people who are different from each other. Two different classes of people, two different cultures. One group had been in the church for a long time and the other group had never been in the church. Oh, is this today? It's today. One group was the seasoned Christians. Lord, have a mercy. <laughs> and the other group was still in the world. But now, here's the catch, here's the catch. The church people expected Pastor Paul to cater to them because they thought being in the church makes them better than the folks who've never been in the church. <laughs> oh, God help me today. <clears throat> the pastor was expected to pacify them. Let me tell you something. I, 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 let me tell you something. I think if I got to call people all the time, you know, I don't, I, I shouldn't have to call people. I really shouldn't. If I have to call people and ask you where you been and why you ain't in church, what is wrong with you? Do they call you and when you go, don't go to your job and say, how you doing? Does the nail shop call you when you don't come for your apartment? What about the beauty shop? Why do you expect somebody to call you to come and worship God. Nobody should have to call you, pamper you, pacify you, cuddle you, check on you. Don't you know God for yourself? Don't you love God for yourself? Nothing and nobody could keep me from coming to church all of my life. And nobody had to call to remind me or ask me why I was not coming to church. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the church people expected Pastor Paul to pacify them. He was expected to go along with their program. Oh, we are in a denomination that loves programs. Oh, they love programs. Just a program here and a program there. Just, just obsessed with programs. Are they working? No, but a program here and a program there. So Pastor Paul goes in and the people say, you're going to do what we want to do because we got it all set up. I know because I've experienced it. I know. The pastor know what they got set up ain't working. 
But they don't have a teachable spirit because they really not saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God has plans for his church. This is his church. And when he sends a pastor, a pastor ought to be in tune with what God wants for his church. Stop listening to the people who want to be seen and heard and all that strut around and all that kind of craziness. The word of God says that God sent his son into the world to save the world, the whole world. Oh, my God, the people we left out are wreaking havoc because that's what people do when they don't know Jesus. All this horror that we are witnessing today is because the church in America thinks that the church belongs to those who are members of it today only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. But Jesus says, I have come to save sinners, not the righteous. The church has heard these familiar words over and over again, and yet the church still hangs tight. And caters to those who they know, who they look like, who they act like, who they grew up with. Lord God, have mercy on us, the church. And lastly, this mystery is in verse 6. Uh, that the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, together, one body, and they share together in the promise of Christ Jesus. In other words, just because you've been in the church all your life does not give you exclusive rights to receive the blessings of God. In fact, if your mind and heart and soul ain't right, you better be the one careful because God will say you ought to know better. If someone walks down the aisle this morning and they, they've never been a member of the church before, guess what? If somebody calls in and wants to join the church, guess what? The Bible says they have just as much right to the things of God as all of us have in here today. They may not know the songs we know, but they come with some new songs. They may not have the church manners we have, but their spirit is probably more teachable than those who've been around all the time. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you it's hard to change people who've been in the church all their life when they sit in their ways. It's refreshing to get people with a teachable spirit, willing and ready to learn. Oh, they may not look as good as we think we look. Ah, but God looks on the heart. <laughs> oh, glory to God. God looks on the heart. God don't care how you come in, because God's going to fix your heart. Because there are people all dressed up in the church, they just as evil. And God, I'm telling you. 
Yes, yes. In fact, they come to be noticed. <laughs> oh, God. They don't have an Esther spirit. They ain't dressed up to give God glory. They dressed up to be seen. Oh, glory to God in here. The heart that shows the face of Jesus as their Savior. Whose face is in your heart today? Whose face is in your heart today? Don't say God knows my heart. And if you do say God knows my heart, make sure that the face of Jesus is in your heart. Because loving God, placing the right person in your heart does not mean that God will see a selfie. Uh-huh, we live in a very narcissistic culture today. Beloved, things are not good in this country today because we are not listening. We're not listening. How loudly does God have to speak to us for us to turn to him and listen? We don't want to make a change. We want to talk about way things used to be as if they were all that good. But God is releasing a new dispensation today to the church. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Breaks my heart when I hear church people say, when we going to go back to never? God is releasing a new dispensation today. New orders, new direction, new assignments for the body of Jesus Christ. Some things were hidden from the church in the past, but now we need to be in touch with what God is doing today. It's something different. It's something challenging. It's something exciting. It's, it, it, ooh, ooh, it's something wonderful. We need to begin to live the life we sing about in our songs. We need to live by the word of God. We hear preached every Sunday about playing with God. God said, go make disciples. That don't mean nothing to the church today. <laughs> we don't even do our assignment. Listen, listen, church. Listen, listen to me right quick. When a pastor instructs you to change things, it's not just something the pastor made up. It's not just something the pastor wants to do. The pastor sent to the church to say what God is compelling the church to do today. Lots of churches, lots of churches. In our conference, I did not, lots of churches have not gone virtual. No. No. They haven't done that. It took a lot of work to put this together. Glory to God. But it's a new day. And if God wants to reach everybody, God's going to use the same tools that the devil used. He's going to turn what the devil meant for evil into good. Oh, that's God. That's God. That's God. It's something wonderful. We need to begin to live the life we sing about and the life we read about. Listen. Listen, the pastor sent to the church to say what God is compelling the church to do today. Now, not yesterday. 
Please let us not repeat this recent past. Oh, God, please. And so my job, my job is to equip you. I know what my job is. The problem is people don't know what my job is. I know what my job is. It's to teach you. It's to preach to you uh, what the mission and work of the church is all about. And today, during this Memorial Day weekend, I came to tell you that God is saying to the church in 2022 and beyond that the church needs to move beyond what used to be and come to the rescue of a broken and hurting and sinful society. Churches losing members, not bringing in new people, not preaching the word of God, thinking we're superior to other churches and other denominations. None of these things are pleasing to God. The church must always be reaching out to those who have never been churched before. The church must attract those who have been turned off by the church. And the church needs to show some godly sorrow and some godly love. The church of Jesus Christ needs a complete overhaul. Can I get an amen? A, a renovation. That, that's the mystery revealed in this lesson. When the news is over 200 mass killings in this country this year, and the year not even over with, over two, no other country in the world has this statistic. Only America. Only America. And what is supposed to be a civilized country? Something's going wrong. And we need the church to fix it in the name of Jesus. We are the church. We are more than just a building. We are the body. I carry the church with me everywhere I go. We are the body of Jesus Christ. And so it was clear to Pastor Paul that God wanted to use him to give a new message to the church. And because he was faithful to what God wanted him to do, he was put in prison. That's what people do to you when you do what God wants you to do. Then they start talking about you and talking behind your back and, and getting mad at you and stop coming to church because they don't like you and all kind of cray-cray. Oh, but my beloved, doing what God tells you to do, I know that it will sometimes get me in trouble, but I know that I'm not going to stop. When it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, you can build it. You can pay for it. You can join it. You can work in it. You can worship in it. You can usher in it. You can sing in it. You can be on the boards and all the agencies. Oh, my Lord. But, but never, never think that it is yours. This is God's church. Some wise person said, the church is the only living organization that was created mostly for those who are not a member of it yet. That's deep, huh? That's deep. Remember that. Remember, listen. I love God's church. I always have the greatest thing my mother ever did for me. And my daddy was to see that I was in church every Sunday. Even if they didn't go with me 
ain't sending and my sister to church every Sunday. I'll give my life for God's church. And you know what? He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. He knows I will. Because, beloved, you can't love the world and not know that today the world needs the church like never before. Because it's the only place that will be standing when everything else is gone. God said, upon this rock I built my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are you available today to get over yourself and let God rule your life? Are you? Are you? You out there? I hope you're watching. I'm asking you. And, I, and I'm saying to you that only what you do for Christ will last, honey. You need to have your name on the church roll. You need to be able to use all the technology available to be a member of God's church. Because God has opened the doors real wide today, real wide, real wide. Are you available today to give your all? Are you available today to bring people to God's house by the words of your testimony? I want you to join the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to join the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to make time to visit some churches until you find the one that you feel at home in. You can't keep living this life without the church of Jesus Christ in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. Because it's in the church where you learn the scriptures. It's in the church where you love God, you, you, you learn godly manners. It's in the church that you love people, that you can love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's in the church. God says, seek first. Seek him first. And everything else will fall into place. you to join the church of Jesus Christ. May not be this church, any church, Bible preaching church, church with loving and kind people. In the midst of all of this, fear, fear everywhere. Yeah, you take prayer out of the schools and you go have chaos. For those of you who are teachers, I want you to know that if I taught in the public schools, no law could make me not pray. 
No law could make me not anoint the seats of my students. I'd break all the rules. I'd go to another school. I had to go before the IRS once, and they said, you know what? It was a mistake, because I, I don't mess with the government. They're crazy. I don't mess with them. They said, you know what? All that money you give to the church, and you owe some taxes. See, I still thought the pastor didn't have to pay taxes. That rule changed years ago, so we had to catch up like 10 years back and stuff like that. Because this world doesn't respect the church anymore. And they said, you know, you could, you, could, you could give more. I said, are you saying to me that you want to take my tithes for taxes, to pay back my taxes? Let, let me tell you something. I'm going to pay you what I got left over, but you can put me in jail before I give you God's money. And I meant it. Things worked out. We got to be the church in a world that doesn't like the church anymore. We got to turn that around. And we got to look at ourselves. And some of it is our fault. Yes, it is. It is. God, we're sorry. They're seeing everywhere, killing, lying, stealing, crime, and ruthlessness. And in the midst of all this, you need to become a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Not tomorrow, but today. And we have a world to rescue. Psalm says, Jesus said, here I stand. Oh, Jesus is always waiting for people to come to him just as you are, weary, worn, sad. Jesus said, here I stand. Won't you please let me in? And then you say, mm, I will. Tomorrow. But Jesus said, I am he who supplies all your needs. And you say, oh, I know, but tomorrow. you better choose the Lord today, beloved. Because right now in this country and in this world, we don't know what's going to happen from day to day to day. Don't wait. And if you do wait, don't let it be too long or weak. I'm not saying tomorrow won't be here, but I know who holds tomorrow. But you need to make this a serious commitment. Oh, tomorrow, who provides your tomorrow? You better choose the Lord today.
tomorrow. Forget about tomorrow. Won't you live your life today? Oh, my. Don't, don't just turn and walk away from God. Nobody in your family may understand you. Nobody in the school may like you. Bullies all around. But I'm talking about God. Don't turn your back on God. I don't know how I would have lived this life without him. Call in. Go searching. born again not of the flesh but of the spirit and just said I will tomorrow no don't say that Jesus said I am he who supplies all your needs. And you say, I know, but tomorrow, tomorrow, the church doors are give my life tomorrow. I thought about it today, but it's so much easier to say. He will tomorrow fix you up, baby. Promised you tomorrow. You can tell him anything. Better choose the Lord today. Cry before him. He'll walk with you. He'll talk to you. And he'll give you the strength. Jesus said, to here I over. stand. Won't you please, please come on now. take my hand. Stop mourning over the and fact that said, nobody wants to hold your hand. Jesus I wants to hold your hand. Jesus wants to hold your hand. Yes, he does. He, Jesus he, can, he can fix, change anything. He has all power in his hands. He works miracles. And, and there are signs and wonders and that no said, human can perform. I know, I'm talking about Jesus. But tomorrow. Oh, come on home to Jesus. Come on home. Tomorrow. I, I went in a church I once. give my life tomorrow. Welcome. I thought about it today. I'll never forget it. They said, Welcome. But it's so much easier to say to the tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. Why don't you choose the Lord today? 
and who said, said tomorrow would ever come for you still you laugh and play and continue on to Tomorrow, forget about tomorrow. Why don't you choose the Lord today? Oh, please, don't just turn and walk away. Tomorrow, tomorrow is not promised. Come on and choose the Lord today. For tomorrow could very well begin today. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand praise. Oh, give the Lord a hand praise. Oh, let today be the day. Our number, our church number. You'll see it. Call us. You'll see our email. You know about all this. Email us. We'll get back. Give to God's church because God says give. Why does God want our money? Because he knows that the love of money is the root of all evil. And whatever you give to him, he multiplies. We have a way for you to give to. You'll see it. You'll see it on our many, many, many sites that you can see us on now. We thank God for technology at this time. We thank God for the physical church. And we thank God most of all for those who represent his church each and every day. And so take this word and know because I know that I know that I know that what the world needs now is Jesus. So the church We leave you now just for this time in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're praying for you. We feel your hurt. We feel your pain. We're praying for you. We're, we're crying with you. All the families who lost somebody, we, we, we got you. We're praying for you, for your strength in this time. For all of those committing crimes, we, we pray your deliverance in the name of Jesus.
it might be a mental problem, but it's mostly a spiritual problem. And the church ought to be having some deliverance services available to people. I said it. The devil runs wild. The devil church, we're going to defeat you because we have the victory. As you leave, leaving in peace that only God can give and know that the church of Jesus Christ is praying for you. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church